What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, and Ryan Wilson is wondering why I'm so excited. It's because football is here. I'm faking my way through some late-night enthusiasm because it's Thursday morning for you. The NFL is getting started. I got Ryan getting worked up here. Ryan's joining me to break down Phillies, Phillies, (laughs) the Eagles and the Falcons, as well as a little Le'Veon Bell talk. I get to check Ryan's pee-in-the-pants meter. See how bad off he is with this Le'Veon Bell stuff happening. Don't give me that face. You know what I'm talking about. Ryan Wilson's going to join me. We're also going to have Jay Ajayi on the podcast. Eagles running back. He might play tonight. You have to hear him talk about it. Doesn't sound like it's a guarantee. And then Brian Dawkins, Hall of Fame safety, former Eagles legend. Great conversation with him. I'm actually going to do Dawkins first, then Ajayi. And, uh, and then, I don't know, maybe we'll talk some DFS or something like that. But that's going to be the gist of this podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. Football is back. We're very excited. We'll be breaking down the game afterwards. I have that episode up along with a pick show with Nick Costas and Pete Prisco ready for you on Friday morning to download and listen to on your way to work. And um, then we're back every day, every week, all the way through the Super Bowl and then beyond. Very excited for it. If you like the show, if you're enjoying it daily, subscribe, rate, and review. Hook us up. And while you're at it, go to NFL.com backslash pick six. And sign up for Game Pass. You're a football fan. You listen to a daily NFL podcast. What are you doing if you can't rewatch these games as soon as they happen? You want to be in on the action. Game Pass is the best way to watch every game from the NFL week that was condensed. All 22 once it's released. That's the coach's tape. You can check out, uh, you can check out Le'Veon Bell from the coach's tape, except you can't watch Le'Veon Bell because he won't be playing in week one and maybe longer. But you can watch Jalen Samuels and see how the Steelers utilize him after they lose to the Browns in week one. You can see how they spread him around. Are they giving the ball to James Conner enough? How, what kind of blocking are they doing for James Conner? You can see all that stuff, and you can fly through these games. If you love the NFL, you will love NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com backslash pick six and sign up now for a seven-day free trial. I like the fact that I can do this intro high energy. Ryan Wilson has to sit there and watch it. Take it all in as I bash the Steelers. What do you think? Where's your head at, Ryan? What do you mean, where's my head at? Le'Veon Bell didn't show up. I think his teammates are more are angrier at him than, than I am. I'm resigned to the fact that he uh, may take a week or two or four or ten weeks off and show up, sign his tender, Forgo $8.5 million should he wait till after week 10 to show up, which is the latest he can, he can goof off before having to sign his tender. Otherwise, he will not hit free agency in the spring. And I can guarantee you this, the Steelers will not pursue him and he will indeed be a free agent, uh, <laughs> in March, think? if not sooner. I mean, we sort of knew that anyway, yeah. but I'm not losing any sleep over Le'Veon Bell staying at home playing ping pong with his agent, who's, except for this morning, because his agent was on radio telling people that um, circumstances have changed because remember in July, the, the very same agent explained that Le'Veon Bell would follow the same game plan he did a year ago when he showed up nine days before the season started, as he said he would and was ready to go in week one. Uh, he has not showed up yet. The season is, well, Thursday, so the season's here, but the Steelers don't play until Sunday in, in Cleveland. And uh, he ain't playing in week one. That's just because he's not there. Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster, both offensive linemen who blocked for him, went off on him uh, Wednesday to reporters. So, you know, they'll go with what they got. James Conner. Okay, um, stop. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. You were being, you were being way too unconcerned about this. 
This is look. I'll tell you what I told. Hold on, hold on. Let's listen really quickly. We're gonna listen to a minute clip of Brady Quinn, our friend Brady Quinn, your good friend Brady Quinn, my good friend Brady Quinn, on his Sirius XM show talking to the agent for Le'Veon Bell. What is your plan moving forward then? Because you can't work out a long-term deal. And if if he's not going to be there for each of the 16 games this season, there, there's going to be money that's left on the table. So what is the plan moving forward for Le'Veon Bell? I'll answer that question with a question. Because you know very well, uh, you know, Brady and Bruce, and I'm not obviously going to discuss our plan publicly. But I'll answer the question or, att- or attempt to with a question. What would the goal, you're Kevin Colbert, you're Mike Tomlin, and you possibly have a once-in-a-generation player for one more season. What would your plan be? Well, I can understand that from the team's perspective. I would no, try I'm to asking, you do, I, I, yeah. what, would, what would you do I would use with that hypothetical much, player? I would use, use them as much as possible to make sure that we have the best possible chance of, of winning that Super Bowl. And obviously him okay. touching the football, running and catching – is big, but that doesn't answer the question of what you guys are. What's your plan moving forward? Oh, I mean, I think if you know, you can read in between those lines. Is right. this for the entire season, though, or just up until Week Ten? When we find out, I think Mike Tomlin said it best yesterday. He'll get there when he's there, and and we'll address those issues when he arrives. So, so just and and Adisa, I, I want to kind of sum up because we're going to run out of time in a minute. But it sounds like you're saying, in an effort to protect himself for real free agency. He's going to limit the time with the Steelers. You said, I'll ask you a question with a question. So we'll read between the lines. You joined us over the summer and said the plan was the same as last year. Do you mind me asking you what's changed, other than maybe that mindset? No, I said no. Uh, Again, if memory serves me, I said Le'Veon had every intention to make this the best season of his career. That has not changed. That's his intention, to make this the best statistical season of his career. Well, again, you know, with all due respect, Adisa, my question to you was, will the plan be the same? And you, your response was, barring something unexceptional, yes. This is a different plan, is it not? Well, and there you go. We had something exceptional to occur. Okay. So the way you hear him explain it, Ryan, it's very clear that, that, that I, look, I, if I'm the Steelers, I'm irate. Like, Le'Veon Why? Bell, Le'Veon, they've hosed Le'Veon Bell at the franchise tag stuff, but he sprung this on him this week. Their understanding was he's going to show up Monday. He's going to play. He's going to try and make this run at the Super Bowl in the final year with Bell and Brown and Big Ben, the three Bs. And now it looks like he's going to do something that no one saw coming, including his teammates. I mean, Ramon Foster said, what do you, what do you do? Here's a guy who doesn't give a damn. I guess so we'll treat it as such. I just hate it come to this. He yeah. continued by saying, he's making seven times what I make as much. He's making seven times what I make, twice as much as Al Villanueva is making, and we're the guys who do it for him. Also true. What's wrong with that? Nothing, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. The, the players felt betrayed. They, they didn't, I don't know if they spoke to Le'Veon, but a few days ago, Marquise Pouncey hinted that Le'Veon would be there by Wednesday. He wasn't there by Wednesday. And then they threw their arms up and were honest with the media. I'm okay with that. And, there's already the conversation. Even our buddy Jason Lockham Forrest said he wonders if this will be a distraction. I don't understand. Is it a distraction when the cold pizza crew makes up a story every day? Is anyone distracted by that <laughs> on that set? It's not a big deal. I, and the guys are being honest. I, I'm fine with that. By the way, all the concerns about Le'Veon Bell, let me ask you this. You Take two players. Who are you taking? Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. 
Le'Veon Bell and uh, James <laughs> yeah. Conner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. No, I'll point out this. Let me point out one more thing from Mike Renner from Pro Football Talk. Excuse me, Pro Football Focus, who tweeted this out after all the nonsense came down on Wednesday. He says, what will the Steelers offense do without Le'Veon Bell? Without him in 2015, they only averaged, checks notes, I'm using quotation marks, 31.9 points a game. They'll be okay. <laughs> they, I would much rather have Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown than Le'Veon Bell, who is the top one or two running back in the league without question. But you can't twist your, you know, can't make him show up. You can't give him $17 million a year because that's what he wants. I'm fine to let, and I said this today uh, Wednesday on the radio, I'm fine to let uh, your buddy James Conner, your other buddy Jalen Samuels, and mm-hmm. Stephen Ridley be sort of the three-headed monster of Le'Veon Bell, and they probably make up 60% of what Le'Veon Bell can do if they were on the field at the same time. That's okay. They have other options, but I'm not going to you know, suddenly say the season's over or, as you're about to do, predict, <laughs> predict the Browns' victory on Sunday. I, I have predicted the Browns' victory on Sunday. I predict the Steelers. You and breach, by the way, which is insane. That's fine. I predict this. I have predicted the Steelers will go eight and eight and miss the playoffs. I'm feeling going to win that division again. The Ravens, baby. Right. Uh, this is, by the way, here's what Lock and Forward tweeted. Never seen a group of players this enraged over a teammate's contract holdout. It's not like Bell is getting paid to stay away. He's walking away from his own paycheck. If I'm a Steelers coach, I'm nervous. Poor way to start a season. Players usually stay out of teammates' money. And I'll tell you this. Brian Dawkins, later in this podcast, because I'd already recorded it by the time we're talking. And you can see to the future. And I, and I have Biff Tannen-like powers said that he's like, man, you don't ever mess with another man's money. And you know what? He's not wrong. Th- these guys coming out and telling Le'Veon Bell what he should do is a concern. I will. Cons- they didn't tell him what they should, what he should do. They oh, just said they were disappointed. Please. They're saying, what are you doing not showing up? Now I will concede to you that of the three, the, the big three, you would much rather not have Le'Veon Bell there because in the other two scenarios, it's Ben Roethlisberger throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster while Le'Veon Bell runs or uh, Josh Dobbs throwing or Mason Number Rudin. two, baby. Right, Josh Dobbs throwing to Antonio Brown while Le'Veon Bell looks there and is like, nah, dog, I'm out of here. <laughs> I will. I do I'm, say, I think it's, actually, I think it's pretty funny. I laughed when uh, Bell's agent basically insinuated that, look, man, I ain't bringing Le'Veon back to carry the ball 40 times a game. That ain't going to work. You sort of hinted at it before this news came out over the weekend. Turns out that's true. He's like, I don't want to get a heavy workload because I'm afraid of what Mike Tomlin will do. I've seen what he's done to guys like uh, Willie Parker, who can't walk anymore. Right. He, he's he, hanging out in Clinton, North Carolina. Because like, like, he can't move. Like, he's stuck there. He's like, I got a ring, and like I got a ring, and that's it. Like, everybody see my Super Bowl ring. Um, let me ask you this. How does this reflect? And actually, our buddy Pete Prisco tweeted this earlier on Wednesday. How does this reflect? Uh, in the eyes of other teams who might be interested in Le'Veon Bell, that he is not a quitter, but he's, he only shows up when the, the circumstances fit what he wants to happen. Yeah, that's a fair, it's fair. I mean, if you pay, if the Steelers have done him not well. Though, whoa, right? whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there. Last summer, they offered him a $60 million. We don't know the details of the guaranteed money. If he wants to complain about that, that's certainly his right. And I get that. $60 million deal reportedly. And this year, I think it was $70 million deal reportedly. Again, you can quibble about the, the guaranteed dough, and that's fine. But how they do them wrong? Well, I mean, surely he would have taken it if they'd offered him sixty million fully like guaranteed. Okay, sure. I'm fine. not saying it should be fully guaranteed. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, the Steelers, typically speaking, do not give great guarantees. Give what? What am I going to do? What am I say? Well, every year they sign. One, you know, the best player who's looking to re-up their deal that's, you know, coming off their first, their rookie contract. They don't do a lot of their contracts unless it's AB. 
or the the quarterback there. But I mean, I don't. This is the exception. This rarely. I don't remember the last time this happened. In fact, in, in Pittsburgh. What that the, they didn't pay somebody. Right. Yeah. I think he, he would have been the highest paid running back. And you actually said this on the last podcast. Certainly more than what Ty Gurley got. Yeah. I think he wants. <laughs> okay. I, I think he <laughs> where's the wronging. Well, I mean, he just feels like, look, if he wants to be paid like a running back and a wide receiver at the same time, it's not going to happen. You know, he might get right. 17. Look, he, I'll tell you, let me tell you this. He's not getting 16 or $17 million on the open market if he carries the ball 370 or 400 times this year. Cause ain't nobody, That's also correct. ain't nobody going to pay him with the brat, with the Steelers running into the ground. And I, I'm not a math major, Ryan, but I did some quick and dirty analytics here. And let me tell you something. If you sit, if you sit out the first six weeks of the season and then you come back and you play the full season and the Steelers get to the Super Bowl and you play in the Super Bowl and they give you 25 carries a game, that's 350 for the season. I think that's his minimum time he's going to stay away because he wants to make sure he gets 350 carries or less. That's your prediction. Here's my prediction. Back in 2012, uh, a guy by the name of Mike Wallace held out. Mm. Showed up late, didn't like Todd Haley's offense, wanted to get paid. He turned down a huge. There's a guy who turned down a huge deal from the Steelers the year before, <laughs> and he whinged and moaned all throughout the 2012 season. Didn't have a great year. It was Todd Haley's first year there, and he didn't feature him the way that Bruce Arians did, in just terms of throwing bombs. He signed a five or six year, sixty million dollar deal with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Absolute utter disaster. Not for Went to him. Minnesota, sucked. Not Went for to him. Baltimore, slightly better replacement level guy, and now he's in Philadelphia. Uh, what do you think is going to happen to Le'Veon Bell? Is he going to uh, reach higher than what Mike Wallace did after his uh, post Steelers career? Similar or some? He can't be worse. So I, I, that's, what, that's what I was Mike, thinking about today. Mike Wallace got paid. Mike Wallace got a crazy. I'm talking about in terms of the next team cashing in on that productivity. Oh no 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 no! The next team's going to get a, get screwed here. Hundred percent. Okay, so let's say the last three years or whatever was. 100% Le'Veon Bell. Percentage-wise, what's the next team getting? Um, I think they'll get 70% of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. It's oh, no, not no, worth $15 no. million dollars a year. We're, to- we're talking about two totally different things. I'm fine with them getting paid. I have no issue with players getting their money. I'm just talking about the realistics, the being realistic about the productivity beyond no, no, no. 2018. No, no, no. Beyond, look, the Steelers are doing the right thing in terms of how they're managing it from a football perspective. Giving Le'Veon Bell a bunch of money would be stupid. They have James Conner and Jalen Samuels who can make up. They tried to give him money. He didn't want it. Well, they, they wanted to give him money on their terms. I'm saying that whoever, let's say the Jets or the 49ers pay him $16 million a year for the next oh, four God. years, they will not, they will not get a return on their investment. The Steelers are turning Le'Veon Bell, when you factor in his rookie contract and two franchise tags, into a great, like, he has given them more than enough return on their investment. Yeah, and he's gonna, and he's gonna walk away at the age of 27 or 28. 27. And that's his prime athletically, but that's not the prime for a running back. And they're right. do, so they're doing the smart thing. I get it. I'm not, I'm not blaming. I mean, I said that the Steelers were doing him wrong. I mean, they didn't. You, you mean know, the opposite? No, no, no. no. I mean, look, look, there's doing him wrong and doing what's smart from a football perspective are not mutually exclusive. No, that's right. By the way, if the Reds, I mean, the, the 49ers sign him for. Even if it's fourteen point five million, which is what he'll make in this franchise tag, you're telling me they're gonna have a backfield of Jimmy GQ, thumbs up. Jarek McKinnon, who made way more, three times more, I think, on his contract than Deion uh Deion James, Deion Lewis made in Tennessee. Yep. And 
Le'Veon Bell. I'm, I'm, just, I'm throwing out teams with cap space who might. But be. no, they're, they're a team that's been mentioned, but that, to re- devote devote that much money. And you know what? Um, McKinnon's deal may be one that long term, even next year, doesn't necessarily have that much guaranteed money. But still, the possibility of having those two highly paid running backs back there is is crazy talk, especially when the Raiders are actually 20 miles away and make a lot more sense in terms of stupid decisions. Oh, it looks like actually with McKinnon's. Oh my God! Please, they can get out of this con. This McKinnon contract is they can get out of it after this year. Okay, well they, they can go. cut him. Do you know what his dead cap money will be if they cut him after after twenty eighteen? Twenty five dollars. One point five million. Oh, close. I mean, get out of here. He has a four. That's called you know that's called a game and a half miss for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Jarek McKinnon just made twelve million dollars to spend the season on with an ACL. That's a good deal. That's what you made this season for an ACL. I did mine for free. Yeah, you did yours for free. All right. Um, boy, that got heated. That 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 was good. Got heated. I'm not worried about Le'Veon Bell. Please, you. All right. What's <laughs> what's your what's your nervous factor on the Steelers this season? On a scale, yeah, I am. Look, I am legitimately nervous about this Browns game. I talked about it last podcast. I've talked about it for a while this off season. That'll be interesting. I, I want to see what happens to the Browns. We're going to be super high on confidence after the whole hard knocks thing and all the all the talking they've been doing and Jarvis Landry and. Lesson them and all that nonsense. See what they happen. See what they do. So if they jump out to a ten nothing lead, that could be real trouble for the Steelers. But if they get down ten nothing, like in the first quarter, are, are they going to give up? Do you think by halftime, or will it be one of these things where they finally sort of fight back? I was talking to um, uh, Beanie Wells, who was at the at the um, draft telethon, the CBS on Sports Fantasy Football telethon. By the way, the link is still live. If you if you got good fan if you get good fantasy advice text six two six two six two link still live till nine seventeen. No, you can no you can text CBS to CBS the three letters of our network to six two six two six two, and if you do that, if you got good fantasy advice from me, go ahead and text that and donate ten five twenty five bucks whatever you want to give. Um, Saint you benefit Saint Jude's. They'll know that you're a listener. You got great fantasy advice. And we already raised over $12,700 just by Ryan Wilson and Beanie Wells answering phone calls for seven hours. So yeah, so Beanie was there for the last few hours and he grew up an Akron Browns fan. And I was asking him, uh, what he thought about hard knocks and, and the, the coaching staff. Cause he sort of knew Todd Haley. Todd Haley wasn't in Arizona when Beanie was there, but he had met him and you know, he, he described him as pretty much what you see on, on hard knocks. And I wondered to Beanie, How's that coaching staff going to get along? Because uh, Todd Haley's insane. Greg, yeah. Greg uh, Williams. Greg Williams is even more insane. Put your and it doesn't in look this, like Hugh Jackson the, has much of a hold on his coaching staff. So uh, that just takes me back to the point I was previously making. They're down ten nothing. Is that team just throwing up his hands and saying, "Okay, it's 2017 all over again"? Or are they going to sort of, sort of, you know, stay the course and, and try to try to win a game after a lot, a lot of failures? I think the Todd Haley factor is a little underrated here in terms of. Todd Haley knowing what the Steelers will do on offense. Oh, don't shrug your shoulders at me. And Todd yeah, Haley. I mean, what Todd a, Haley, is that a big deal though? Todd Haley knowing what bugs Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, Todd Haley bugs Big Ben. That's <laughs> yeah. what bugs right, Big right. Ben. Right, right. So he's gonna, he's gonna get Greg Williams to, uh, to, to, um, to, to wire the mics so that Todd Haley can pop in over Big Ben's headset. Be like, hey, By ben, the way, what hey, are the ben, other, hey, Ben. You know what, what, the other you know what a stupid the, baby name is? Ben. Carl's a stupid baby name, so is Ben. Carl, Carl got cut. Um, another player on the panel made a point that I thought was also an interesting one. How is Greg Williams still coaching again? How is he still in the league? Uh, it's, it's incredible. He said he got seven job offers on the first episode of Hard Knocks, and they ended Hard Knocks with Greg Williams. Did you see the ending of, of episode four? I haven't four? seen it yet, but you can spoil it. 
You haven't seen any of them, or just the, the ending? I've seen all but the last episode. I won't spoil it. Um, well, I mean, it's it's a pretty funny line. Do you me play that? You may play the, the audio for you right now. Go for it. All right. Put your testicles in the C gap. Okay, so that that was Greg Williams saying, "Put your D in the C gap," because that's oh. what Greg Williams does. I mean, that's I had to bleep out D, but there you go. This man is a grandfather. He really is. Uh, all right, <laughs> we went we went longer on Le'Veon Bell than I expected. And, uh, we've got to get to Brian Dawkins and Jay Ajay. So quickly, let's run through Eagles Falcons. Your thoughts. Well, the spread's two and a half. At least the spread's open to two and a half. Um, uh, Falcons were, were underdogs. Look, Nick Foles has to play well. If he plays like he did in August and not like he did in, in January and February, the Eagles are going to lose. And that's pretty much the, the, the short and long of it. I think it's interesting that, um, Seven of eight CBSSports.com experts, again using quotes, are picking the uh, Falcons to win that game. Only uh, nice. Dave Richard, fantasy football expert, is going with the, with the Eagles. I mean, they can win. It's going to be a close game. I don't think there's going to be any blowouts going on, but I don't know which Nick Foles is going to show up. You mentioned Jay Ajayi. He doesn't know if he's going to play, it sounds like. That's mm-hmm. a concern because um, behind door number two is Corey Clement. That's right. He's not a 30-carry back. He's not a Le'Veon Bell workhorse back. So they have to figure that out. Nelson Aguilar had a very good year last year. We'll see. What's the latest on Alshon? Alshon's out, out for two He's weeks. out for a few games. Yeah, That's Jason right. Jason Peters so. coming back from a torn ACL. To me, I mean, it's a no-brainer picking the Falcons, even though I hate betting against, uh, you know, whoever's defending their title in week one at home. I just think. Not having the quarterback though. Yeah, they don't have the starting quarterback. They're playing Nick Foles. Nick Foles wasn't great against the Falcons last time. I think we could see the Falcons defense playing very well. And, uh, I, I just in generally, I generally think that the Falcons are better balanced and better in terms of talent than a banged up Eagles team. Bigger night. Dallas Goddard, first round pick of the Eagles or Calvin Ridley, first round pick of the Falcons? Mm, I'll say, uh, Calvin Ridley because I think Zach Ertz will have a bigger night. Um, all right. Let's, uh, I want to hit some DFS after the, the other side, but let's go, uh, let's go talk to Brian Dawkins. Thanks, Ryan Wilson. You got it. So mad at you about Le'Veon. <laughs> Brian, how you doing, man? Thanks for taking the time. It was awesome. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, congratulations on what's been a pretty decent off season. Yeah, it's been all right. <laughs> a couple of things, a couple of things going on at golf season. Just a couple. Yeah, just a few things. Um, I gotta ask you. I thought that, I mean, not not to, I would never rank Hall of Fame speeches, but I thought that yours was uh, as good as any I've heard, and legitimately inspiring. Um, like I said, congratulations on it. But I'm curious, how much of it was planned, and how much time did you spend planning on it, and how much how much was it was sort of get up there and and and, and let things roll. Uh, depending on how you started to feel. Well, that's that's me. You, um, for those who obviously don't know me, that's that's how I try my best to operate. And any speeches that I give, any time that I get up in front of a crowd, I prepare uh, a thought, I prepare a, um, you know names, and obviously I had names of people that I wanted to thank. And once I see that phrase and I see that name, I just speak from my heart from that moment. And so, you know, what you heard up there was. Uh, you know, um, coming from 100% from my heart. That's awesome. Um, you know, I think that the city of Philadelphia, I mean, I, I grew up, I, I'm like 30, I'm in my late 30s. So, I mean, I grew up, you know, it was, it was your heyday, uh, in the city of brotherly love and, and, and one of the, you know, one of the fun teams to watch in terms of the Eagles that you guys had there. And you could see, 
I think maybe more than anybody else at that event, just how much the city of Philly like showed up. I mean, to, to, to roll all the way out to Canton is just amazing. How, how, how deep a connection do you have with the city and, and how excited were you to share, uh, you know, that Super Bowl that they won this year? Yeah, it's very deep. My, my, my relationship with the fans is very deep there. Um, you know, I've been blessed to be able to earn their respect. That's one thing that I, I always try to do, you know, in whatever venue I step into. I don't go in anywhere expecting people to respect me. I try to earn it by the way that I act, react, and the way that I handle myself. And I think that I've, I've done that. And the friends, I think they appreciate that. And so, like, that love, is, is, is it goes both ways. And, you know, as far as them showing up, I just, it, it doesn't surprise me that they showed up, showed up that way. You know, they absolutely blew away um, the draft, you know, the way that they came out. Um, to me, it's still the the, the best and, and, and it's the standard of what draft will, should be judged off of, the way that they handled themselves. And the electricity they brought and, you know, they showed up and showed out. I mean, throughout this playoffs, that place was rocking. And then it doesn't surprised me at all that they didn't travel that they travel and, and spend their hard earned money to uh, come out and celebrate with me because like i said before i made it you know when i make it they make it so they can come out and, and enjoy themselves and i've met so many fans that have made that trip out there and you know it's memories that they will remember remember for forever and um, i'm thankful to uh to, to be a part of that yeah man i, I was walking around the the viking state u.s bank stadium before that super bowl and was just floored at the, the, A, the number of Eagles fans that were there, and B, just the, uh, for lack of a better phrase, enthusiasm that they brought to the proceedings. And I wonder, do you think that there's any, and I don't know, is there any sort of, not a hangover, but is there any sort of, oh man, like, like an ex, like an exhalation from, from that, from that fan base and that organization after they win that Super Bowl because it's been so long coming? Uh, that could maybe lead to them starting slow this year? Do you see that happening at all? I mean, that's, there's always a possibility of a team starting slow anytime you go deep into the playoffs, so let alone you know winning the Super Bowl. So there's, there's always a possibility. And so, you know, when you, as a fan base, you know, for them to finally win it, you know, fans are still partying now. They're still celebrating <laughs> of, of last year's celebration. And, and that's their right. They can do that. But that's the players and the, that staff, you know, I can tell you that, you know, they have been diligent in getting themselves back to where they need to be and being better this year. You know, that that's why they made the moves that they made this offseason and not just staying pat with the people that they had from last year. There's a lot of change happening in that locker room. A lot of new guys coming in, not just rookies, but guys that they went out and, and brought in from other teams, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Michael Bennett. So, you know, that tells me that they're not just sitting on last year. They want to win again this year. So, um, you know, if they do stumble out of a gate, you know, the season is long. And that's one thing that you cannot get caught up in. A loss here, a loss there. That does not prevent you from turning things around, finding your way, learning your niche, and then being better when it's, when it counts the most. And that's, you know, when it starts getting cold around here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Do you think they're doing the right thing then by sitting car? I, I believe they're doing the right thing by not playing Carson Wentz. And I know that, uh, Doug Peterson's had a little, uh, brouhaha with the media there, but I, I think they're, do you think they're doing the smart thing by resting Carson Wentz and letting him get 100% healthy before he plays? I still don't understand how, why that's even a question. Hmm. I, 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 I do not. It, it baffles me why that's still a question. Why, why that's even something that he has to get in front of the media to talk about, to be honest with you. Because if any, anybody with any sense would know that you don't 
rush a dude back when you don't have to, and especially a quarterback, your franchise quarterback, that's going to be an MVP of this league coming here soon when he gets out. So that it, it still baffles me that uh, people actually thought that, you know, were pushing for him to, to play that first game. Hey, I'm curious to see what you think about Earl Thomas, two guys. Earl Thomas reported today and Le'Veon Bell did not. Both guys have been holding out. Uh, you know, and do you think in Le'Veon Bell, there have been some people talking about his teammates are a little disappointed in him. Do you think these guys should, should take it the full length of the holdout and, and try to make sure they get their money? Or is this a situation where for, for someone like Le'Veon Bell, where the, Pittsburgh wants that Super Bowl so badly, does he need to put his teammates first ahead of his personal financial gain? Uh, I, I never do anything. I, I never do that with players. I never do that with my teammates. It's, it's when it's, when it's, when you have an opportunity to bless your family for generations to come, um, from for an occupation, I never ever beat my team. I never, I didn't beat Deuce up when he held out a little bit. I didn't beat Brian Westbrook. I think he was, he did a little something. So it's a couple of guys that may have not, you know, been around or something like that. I never beat them up. That's, that's the part of the business game. So you can't play it both ways. You can't say God, you know, needs to, you know, sacrifice for the team, but, you know, then he has to take a pay cut or something like that later on. This is a, that's a part of the business that the NFL has uh, agreed with the players as part of the collective bargaining agreement that you can you can do these things. Obviously, they're going to have to pay some fines, but if that's something that they feel is best for them, then then that's what they do. So I don't I don't agree with the players, other players talking about another man's money. Mm. I, don't, I don't talk I don't I don't talk about another man's money. You don't know you know what that man may need that money for to bless who. So I'm going to tell you to come back, play the game. You know, and miss out on an opportunity to make an extra what five or six million dollars that could last, like I said, generations to come. No, I'm not going to do that to another man's money. I never will. That's actually a good point. You could just roll with. I'll never talk about another man's money. That's a good. That's a good phrase to walk through life, regardless of the uh, the occupation, and certainly with football. What's your take on the uh, the, the helmet rule this year? It seems like they kind of got the NFL got it. It was a mess the first two weeks of the preseason. Seems like they kind of got it under control the third week of the, the preseason. But this is just to me an, an unfair dis, another unfair disadvantage to, to defensive players. I get the, I get player safety is important, but it feels like they're taking it too far, right? Well, it, you know, some of these things, um, um, you understand why they're doing some of the things that they, they've done. You do. You, you, you really do understand it. I think, you know, at, at some point, as you go about doing these things, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they softened the stance from where it was in the beginning, is you have to start using common sense in some of this stuff. Like, as much as you want the head out of football, you can't get it completely out of the game. Just look at, look at how, how many inches it from your shoulder. <laughs> you can't move it. There's nothing you can do about it. So you can try to tell a guy to, to keep his head up and see what he hits. But I can tell you that by keeping my head up, seeing what I hit, and having somebody then put their um, head or, or put their body into that, do you know that compresses your neck and gives you stingers? Do you, do you know that? Mm-hmm. No, you you don't know that. You know, right, right, right. You've never played a game. You have not been in that situation. So for those individuals who've been in that situation, you understand that that's, that, that's putting you at an even greater risk some of the things that they're asking guys to do. So I think, okay, you come up with a rule. It does not do what you want it to do, but you see that the players understand that, okay, this is what we're trying to do. So then you get back with the players and say, okay, so let's come up with a way that we can both meet in the middle with this thing, that we can play the game at a full speed, 
full contact and all those things, but still at the same time, not do it to the point where you talk, you're asking guys to do some things, running full speed, hitting a, a, small, a moving target. That is almost, it, it's impossible to do 100% of the time perfectly. You can't do it. I would say you can't do it 70% of the time perfectly on a moving tar- target. It's nuts, man. They're trying to get people to alter physics, and it just it just doesn't work out for them. Tell me about your work with the USAA and uh, the NFL to host football boot camps for military service members. Very cool stuff. Um, can you can you fill us in a little bit on that and, and, and where it's taking place and and how people can check that out? Yeah, I'm I'm blessed to have teamed up with us. Yeah, in USAA, and we're out here at uh, Fort Dix um, this time around with this camp. And you know, I've been blessed. Um, I was blessed to be in the league, I believe, when this all started with um, U.S. when the NFL, excuse me, teaming up um, to form this and salute to service and having service men and women come out to practices. I remember being out there, and I have family members that have fought and served for our country. So to be able to, you know, show them not just appreciation, but also to come out where they, where they, where they, where they live, uh, to allow them to go through some of the things that we go through as far in training and in camps to that nature. Um, in fun and competitive things, but at the same time, again, just to really appreciate them and, and thank them for their service and what they what they do. You know, obviously, I think there's, and I, well, I know that the Wounded Warriors uh, are a part of this as well. Um, and so, you know, my my nephew is dealing with post traumatic. Um, oh wow! Uh, uh, stress stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I know what this thing. You know, not this thing, but I know what. Some of the things that that uh, some of our servicemen and women uh, have to go through, even after they are done with it. Well, that's awesome, man. That's a really cool thing that you're doing there. I'll get you out of here very quickly on this. If the Eagles and the Chiefs, coached by Andy Reid, played in the Super Bowl this year, and the Eagles already had a Super Bowl, which they do, who would you root for? Who would I root for? You? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I thought you might I believe, want to. I believe, I believe green, brother. Oh, I, I love green. it. I love it. I thought I, I just wanted I to. T- green, I brother. just wanted to test the level of interest you'd have in Andy Reid getting a Super Bowl. But I, I, I that's perfect. I, I, love, I love, love. I would love for him to get one, but uh, I believe green, brother. I love it. All right, thanks, Brian Dawkins. Have a great, uh, have a great year. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, good luck on Thursday to the Eagles. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Be blessed, bro. You too. All right. All right, give credit to Brian Dawkins for making me feel stupid. Um, not, not that I like mind him. He almost said, are you effing kidding me? It felt like, uh, which is fine. I, I don't know. I just thought he, you know, loved Andy Reid, played for Andy Reid. I figured he would, uh, you know, would, would look out for Andy Reid and hope that Andy Reid would, Andy Reid would win a Super Bowl. Credit to him for saying, nah, forget Andy Reid. I want Eagles Super Bowls, and he's not even playing for them. I think that's incredible. Uh, that was a great interview. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that the Jay Ajayi interview you're about to hear is exciting. It's short. It's it's not sweet. It's fine. It's Jay, it's Jay Ajayi who is doing uh, some stuff for Marriott Courtyard the day before the Eagles kick off. Like when you're listening to this, the Eagles are 12 hours away from kicking off in their Super Bowl title defense. So Jay Ajayi, um, lovely British fella, not thrilled about this interview. It didn't sound like he gave sort of clipped interviews, but I got to tell you, I'm leaving it in. Normally I throw it on the cutting room floor and I wouldn't throw it here, but I want you guys to hear the way he answers whether or not he's going to be the feature back and whether or not he's going to play tonight. Because tonight is Thursday night, the Eagles' first game. 
I would not be starting Jay and Jay in fantasy based on this interview that you're about to hear right now. Jay, what's going on, man? Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing good. You sound uh, almost as enthusiastic as the last time I heard you talking, which was uh, in, the, in the Super Bowl locker room after you guys had had taken home the title. I, I can't remember. You were holding up your phone to the locker room and screaming about something, but I, I can't remember exactly what it was. What has this offseason been like having won a title with the Eagles and, and seeing how Philadelphia responds to being world champions? Yeah, it's been uh it's been a great off season. Um just been enjoying obviously the um you know, the last season, how it went. And um, you know, just getting back together with the team, preparing for another great year. So it's been it's been good and uh now the season is here tomorrow, so excited about that. How do you split your time in the off season? Because I know that while you or clearly a football player, and that's first. You've also got some like lifestyle brand stuff you're doing. I mean, you know, you're, you're you know, not, uh, you know, have uh, have different spots you might visit around the world. How, do, how does how does uh, how does Jay Ajayi's off season look in terms of uh, time spent where and, and doing what? Yeah, I do. I do quite a bit of traveling in the off season. Obviously, being from London, I like to get back over there a lot visit my family and friends over there and um, just enjoy vibing up over there as well as going to other places. And so, yeah, I, I try to um, enjoy my off-season while training as well and doing other little business things on the side. Um, I know that you had a foot injury you were dealing with uh, a few days ago. Are you a full go for the start of the 2018 season? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just listening to the trainers and um, my coaches and everything, getting ready uh, for the game tomorrow. So should be on the field uh, if all goes well. Oh, is it, so is there a chance you might not play on Thursday? Uh, I'm just, like I said, I've been practicing. Everything's been going good, so that's my game plan. So as long as everything goes well, I'll be playing. All right. Is there like, so I know, like, you know, you guys got Alshon Jeffries a little banged up and Carson Wentz is, he's not going to play. He hadn't been cleared for contact. Is there a little bit of a sense of relief too, because you guys did win the Super Bowl that, Hey, like we don't, we, we could be careful here. We can make sure that we benefit ourselves over the long haul in terms of like the full season and by getting healthy out of the gates. Well, I think everyone understands that it's a long season. Um, obviously you want to have our offense and everyone be at full strength, but realistically, we got some guys banged up, so it's just that next man up mentality. And um, you know, we're we're hoping to be able to get those guys back, and um, you know, be at a great position in the league when they do get back. Are you surprised by the lack of respect that Nick Foles gets? I mean, the guy won the freaking Super Bowl MVP and, and helped you guys win the win the title, and yet he has like a like an okay preseason game, and people start freaking out again. Is that is that surprise y'all's locker room ever? Um, you know that's what that's the media. I mean, we are, we appreciate who Nick is um, in our locker room and what he did for us last year and what. You know, he's going to continue to, to do, and now he's the leader. Um, you know, we know who, who we have in our corner, so 
it doesn't really bother us whatever body else is saying. Um, what, what kind of differences can we look for now with Frank Wright gone to Indianapolis, John DeFilippo gone to uh, Minnesota, and Mike Groh stepping in as the new offensive coordinator? Will things change much in terms of y'all's offense? Um, you know, I don't think so because Coach Pete calls the plays anyways. Yep. So, um, you know, I think it just comes down to everyone just continue to have a mentality of executing on offense. Do you want, do you want to, do you feel like you can be the feature back, the guy who carries, you know, gets the ball 25 to 30 times a game? I mean, you had that run in, uh, what, two years ago where I think you had three 200 yard games in the span of what felt like, uh, <laughs> felt like a month. Uh, do you feel like that can be, you can produce the same amount of, uh, of yardage and, and carries, uh, for the Eagles this season? I mean, I know what I can do. I've done it before in my career, you know. Um, and it's not if I think I know I am a feature back, but at the same time, I have to re- understand the reality of, you know, how we do things here as well. And, um, you know, we, we do have an amazing running back room and everyone's number is called upon as well. So, you know, I just, you know, play my role and when my number is called, that's when I go to work. Looking back on your college career, do you can if you watch Boise now, are you able to actually watch the games? Like you're not at Boise anymore, so you can admit it if it's if it's terrible to watch it. Is watching the blue field fun or terrible? Um, I always loved the blue turf. I <laughs> thought it was pretty cool. Um, a special thing. So um, you know, I appreciate my time at Boise. It's good to see them doing well already so hopefully they have a great year all right uh we'll get you out of here on this you're working with uh, uh with courtyard can you tell us a little bit about what the program you're doing uh the, the official hotel of the nfl of course and uh you guys are out there looking for one fan one passionate fan to be the first ever courtyard nfl global correspondent yeah basically like you said i mean all season long uh courtyard is doing this competition where we're looking for the most passionate fan out there you know that loves to travel and uh you know just wants to be be able to showcase that um and and if they're they're lucky enough to win from entering by going on the courtyard correspondence website or um showing up to the booth in philly and uh doing their videos then they get that opportunity to go to uh london and, and see the game out there to Mexico City and even the Super Bowl. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. Um, exciting for that fan to get to uh, be able to go to those crazy places, especially London, because, you know, that, that's where I'm from. So it'll be cool. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to see what kind of crazy videos come from it. I like to see it. And people can check that. Submit your video at courtyardcorrespondent.com. Actually, I got one more for you very quickly. Are you, are you in or are you out when it comes to cheesesteaks? As a, as a fairly newly minted guy, you know, from London, you've been in America for quite a while, but in or out on cheesesteaks? I'm not really in on cheesesteaks, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I like, uh, not really in, yeah. All right, wait, wait, what's your go-to, uh, what's your go-to Philly, Philly meal then? 
I like um, Double Knot. This restaurant out here. They got some good restaurants, sushi and Asian food. You got some good restaurants in Philly. All right, right on, Jay. Well, uh, well, I appreciate it, man. Good luck on Thursday night. Hope to see you out there. Tote the rock plenty of times and have a great season. Thank you. Take care. I mean, I told you, right? Like, that was not an exciting interview. I'm not going to lie to you before the interview. If, if you didn't like it, I hope you fast forward. If you never like anything you don't hear on this podcast, by all means, fast forward. Uh, if you do like what you hear on this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow me at Will Brinson on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Pick 6 Pod. You can follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson underscore 07. He was on the podcast earlier. I don't know what Jay Ajayi and uh, Brian Dawkins are on Twitter, but I'll look it up and uh, tweet it out because they were fun to talk to. Well, Dawkins was. Um, look, when it comes to this weekend, we'll have the full picks for you, and we'll get some fantasy advice as well with uh, Costos and Prisco. We're figuring out the schedule for the regular season. I think you're going to like it. we got a lot of good people lined up. going to be a blast to do this thing every week. Keep subscribing. Keep reviewing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in terms of who I would play this week, obviously don't don't start Carson Wentz. Don't be a zero. Be a hero. Don't start injured guys in your fantasy leagues. Um, Julio Jones must start. I'm just sort of running through DraftKings top price players. I like Matt Ryan against this against this Eagles defense. I know they're good defense, but I think he'll play really well. If I drafted Matt Ryan as my QB one, I'm starting him. I would actually start Patrick Mahomes over Matt Ryan. I know people are down on Mahomes. Give me Mahomes, though. Um, I would also start Phillip Rivers over Matt Ryan. I would start Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan, I think. Um, would not start Nick Foles unless you're really desperate, unless your only other quarterback available is is uh, Josh Allen or, or, like, Carson Wentz. Then you can start Nick Foles. Um, fine to go contrarian with Foles and DFS. I don't think he'll be very good this week. Devonta Freeman is a must-start. Zach Hurts a must-start. I'm not starting Jay Ajayi. No offense to Jay if he listens to this whole podcast. I'm not touching Alshon Jeffrey will be out for a couple of weeks. Nelson Aguilar is a start for me unless he's, you know, unless you just got guys that you can't mess with. I think he's going to be heavily targeted along with Carson, I mean, excuse me, along with Zach Ertz by Nick Foles. Tevin Coleman, I, I could see having a sneaky breakout if I was playing DFS and I can start Tevin Coleman at 6,200 bucks. I would do it. That's a, it's basically the same price as Matt Schaub. And I think that you could get some good value out of him there. Calvin Ridley would not be a surprise if he got some good looks. A single coverage opposite of, uh, Julio Jones. Don't hate Mike Wallace on an open deep bomb. Uh, Austin Hooper could see some red zone looks. That's about it. I want nothing to do with the Eagles defense this weekend. I am fine starting the Falcons defense. I draft them all over the place. You know, I picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. I would start their defense and not think twice. There's a good chance that I have my super contest pick in on the Falcons by the time that you're here the next podcast. I'm taking the Falcons. I took them at plus the points. They're going to be even by the time that this game, uh, by the time that this game kicks off. By the time you listen to this next podcast, it's probably going to be even. Might even be, uh, worse than that. It is currently Eagles minus one. If you like the Falcons and want to get points, you should take them now. The line is swinging back to make Philly a dog. If you like the Eagles, wait, because they might actually be plus one by the time this bad boy kicks off. Um, other line movements we talked about a little bit with uh, R.J. White earlier this week. The Browns are down to plus three and a half. I can't imagine we'll see the Steelers less than three and a half, but that's a pretty big swing game. If you like the Browns, better get them now. 
The Vikings are minus six and a half. It's been climbing. If you like the Vikings, get them now. The Jaguars are minus three, and it looks like it might move to three and a half. If you like the Giants, wait. I don't think the Saints is going to move. I think that's going to be nine and a half. The Dolphins are flying up. That's interesting. They're moving up. Plus two now. I like the Dolphins there. I would lock them in, but maybe wait and see if it keeps moving. The Panthers are minus two and a half. I really like the Panthers. They're minus three on the Super Contest. You're probably going to see that swing back to three because it's minus 120. So, again, if you like the Packers, I mean, excuse me, the Panthers do that there. The Bears, plus seven and a half, minus 115. I don't think that it'll be plus seven and a half for very long. So take the Bears if you can get it. And then the Arizona Cardinals, minus one and a half. That was a pick earlier on Wednesday, moving very quickly in that direction. Take the Cardinals if you like them. Wait on the Redskins. That's it for me. That's it for this show. We'll be back on Friday to break down picks for every single game. Nick Costas, Pete Prisco, and myself will do our super contest picks. Thanks, as always, for listening. Talk to you guys soon.